0: Hey, FedHeads. Welcome to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. Sorry the intro played a little long there, and it was the wrong intro. Uh, that's my bad. I'll fix that in post, so uh, it'll be fixed on the YouTubes and in the podcast. Um, welcome to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. I'm here with a very special co-host, uh, John the Cigar Surgeon. John, how are you doing today?
1: Trippy, I'm good. How are you doing, brother? Pretty good. It's been... Um... Well, we've been chatting a lot over the last couple of weeks. It's it's been a few. It's been a hot minute for me. Um, for those who aren't aware, I'm the general manager for the largest true tobacconist in Canada. Uh, we just we're about to open our 18th location. That's right, 18 cigar stores, and it's it's a lot. We just like literally last week, uh, we we finished our 17th store, and then right at the end of the week, we turned around, I drove back to Calgary. Did a cigar event that night and then turned around the next morning and we had the biggest indoor cigar show in Canada, the Rocky Mountain Smokeout, which was all weekend. And that was uh, Nick Malillo, Alan Rubin, Joe Bondi and Justin Bondi from Alec Bradley, Canada, Steve Ricker from Dominion Cigar. And that was, you know, for all, all night Friday, all day, all night Saturday. So, yeah, I could uh, I could I could use a trip to Cuba. That's that's what I could use
0: yeah yeah i i can i hear that um sounds like it's been a busy couple weeks for you i've been busy but not like running around busy just busy doing stuff at home
1: it's kind of that time of the season though where you you know start like as you kind of move into fall-ish you know there's a whole bunch of stuff going on we start to get into halloween time and it just seems like uh you know there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of things to do
0: yeah exactly um but we're not here to talk about what's been going on. I forgot to mention we're broadcast live on Facebook, rebroadcast on YouTube, and as a podcast. And of course, broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment. Drop us some some emojis. We love that. We like some, some interaction with you guys. We like to know who's watching. Um, but of course, we are here to uh, do some other stuff too, like smoke cigars and pair things with them. The cigar we are smoking um i kind of thought john was going to mention it there but i this was is,
1: tempted but i didn't want to bury the lead is,
0: this is john's last i'm trying to get like a decent shot of mine there you go look at john's I'll switch tight. over to his camera so you can see it and Show and of course tight. as soon as i switch over it unfocuses um you but, son so of a- the cigar we're smoking today is the Atabe mysticos um this is a very special cigar um we got these from the IPCPR. Nelson and uh, Oliver from Select Tobaccos were really gracious enough to uh, just kind of gift these to us. They weren't like press samples or anything. They were just like, here, we want you guys to have this and try it. Um, and, and
1: in all fairness, we, ha- we didn't really have a true sense of what we were getting until we kind of went back to the hotel room and then looked it up and went, oh, my God. I can't believe they gave us these cigars.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, – the Atabay has uh, announced a couple new sizes that are coming out at the end of this year, around December. They're scheduled. Um, and this is one of the new sizes. But the special thing about this one is it comes in a – all of their boxes are kind of humidors that have, like, uh, little hygrometers in the front. And they're they're just really thick, nice boxes that you could use as a humidor. Best this packaging one, in the
1: industry, arguably.
0: Yeah, uh, but they're five by f- five by four. So they're stacked up like this and they're kind of those, you know, sort of tall thin boxes. This one comes in a completely different package. That's a wide, uh, two rows of 10 kind of humidor. Um, it's like piano gloss white. And there are only 100 of these humidors made. Um, and we were lucky enough to get two of the cigars. Um, they don't really, they don't disclose what the blend is here. I, uh, we know they're made in Costa Rica.
1: We know um, that they have crushed uh, unicorn horn in the yes. tobaccos, without question.
0: And and we know that this appears to be a Connecticut shade wrapper, though we have no idea what country it comes from. Um, I mean, that's about all we really know about it. And the these come with a pretty hefty price tag. If you're not familiar with Atabay. they run all of the Atabay series is somewhere between twenty or uh, sorry, thirty and forty dollars. Um, I think the highest ones are around thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Um, this one I think the MSRP is thirty-four.
1: Now we were talking in the green room before the show, and I was saying, you know, that's that's a few bucks, especially mm-hmm. in freedom dollars, that's a few dollars. I, I wish that people could smoke this cigar first and pay for it afterwards because I'm like, well, I wasn't even an inch in, I was a half an inch in, and yeah. I was like, God damn, this is like there's so much going on in this cigar. And we are talking about our good friend uh, Barry Stein over at the Cigar Authority who gave this cigar 100 100 points. And I think if you've smoked this cigar, and like I've only smoked an inch of this, I, I think you can really quickly feel why this is a 100-point cigar. This this is amazing. Like this is truly yeah. an amazing cigar.
0: Yeah, it's kind of incredible how uh, how much flavor is in the cigar and how many layers of flavor. It's There's so many layers. And I know that when we interviewed Nelson, he was talking— Uh, I should have watched the interview to kind of refresh my memory. But I know he was saying that they use four different types of cedar to age these cigars. And they're aged for, I think they're aged for a year before they even box them on four different types of cedar, including Cuban cedar. Because uh, the Nelsons who who do all the blending and own the factory, or sorry, they don't own the factory. They do all the blending and own the company and the brands. Uh, it's a father and son team. Both are named Nelson. They're both from Cuba. They're both Cuban natives. Um, I know that, uh, the younger Nelson that we were talking to at IPCPR, uh, he actually still lives in Cuba. I'm not sure about his father. Um, Jose Hernandez wanted to know what cigar we're smoking. This is the Atabay. And this particular Vitola is the Mysticos, which is a, oh, I should have pulled up the specs.
1: By, by, or six by fifty six and no six and a quarter by fifty six, I think.
0: Okay. Thank you. Um, so it's six definitely and a quarter 56, by fifty-six. Though. And I mean, it's just a fantastic cigar.
1: I mean, we were we were talking for about three or four minutes straight, trying to decode because there is so many layers to this cigar. There's chocolate. It started out with this incredible intense spice, which almost immediately dropped off. And there was this this flavor that I just couldn't put my finger on, and we were going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then Skype crashed. And we're confident it's peppermint. And not like peppermint like peppermint you get out of a vial, like peppermint, like you pull a candy fresh peppermint. Or something like yeah, that. like like it's fresh peppermint leaves because it's got this really subtle nuanced, fresh, clean flavor with a little bit of that uh, chlorophyll to it. and it's just it's just incredible. like it's just I can't even I can't even.
0: Yeah, and it's it's got—so, um, I mean, to talk about the flavor notes a little bit, there's a little tiny bit of, like, black—maybe white pepper, I would call it. Yeah. Um, it's, like, a little bit of heat, um, but not, like, a pronounced pepper flavor. And then it's got, like—there's a little bit of cream. There's a little bit of almonds. Um, I'm trying to remember what my notes were before that I said, and I don't remember. There's a little bit <laughs> of caramel—
1: that cedar comes through, I think on the finish.
0: Yeah. There's really it, it a lot of cedar kind of
1: carries all those flavors into the finish. I mean, it's just, I can see why Logan wouldn't like this because it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's not in uh, intense. Isn't the right word. It's not big and bold and in your face, which is kind of where Logan tends to land with cigars. He wants to be slapped around and beat up. And this is the opposite. end. this is like, uh, this is like a Connecticut shade cigar, but the flavor profile is dialed to max intensity. And it, uh, I'm just kind of floored by the flavor profile of this. It's Yeah,
0: it it definitely uh, looks like a Connecticut Shade cigar, but it does not taste like one. mm -mm. It's about as far as you can get from it.
1: And the wrapper, of course, like the cigar is flawless. The band is beautiful. It's got this wonderful silver Atabay symbol on it. The wrapper is like absolutely like every single vein on this cigar is pressed perfectly. Yeah. I mean, kind of what you would really expect out of an ultra-premium cigar, but, you know, we, took, we talked quite a while look ago a little— Look at that burn. Yeah, know it's stupid. Stupid good. We were talking about, you know, what would what would unseat a Padron, and I think this is that kind of cigar. This is the kind of cigar where I say, yeah, this is as good or better than a Padron 1926 80th Anniversary Series, and, yeah. and it's ironic because it's not in the same flavor category as a Padron. At, it's, at
0: all. It's at completely all. different. Um, but I, I mean, I could see myself if I, if I was looking for a special occasion cigar, if I got promoted mm. or a new job or something, and I saw this in a Padron, I might have a hard choice. I, I think can't I'd say yet thinking, which one I would buy. I might buy I, this one.
1: I think I might buy another one of this cause I've smoked a lot of Padrons and I like Padrons, but this yeah. is, this is wild. I I mean, I'm just, I'm almost speechless. Like this and, is an amazing we're raving cigar.
0: about the cigar, but we're not just here to talk about the cigar. Uh, we're here. We're, we here, here, here we're here
1: to pair, 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 dog.
0: Uh, actually, before we get into the pairing, I want to. I know there were a couple questions uh, about why this was your farewell show, um, and as as we kind of announced last week, or sorry, it wasn't last week. It was actually a week before last because you were too busy for us last week.
1: Too
0: busy, um, which is kind of the the reason that this is coming about. It's that's right. You know, Surgeon just has too much going on with his day job to manage to help me manage a cigar site at the same time uh, so he'll still be around uh, but he's no longer going to be my regular co-host and he's he's not going to be uh as hands-on with cigar federation
1: yeah and the other part of it is trippy and i got into a huge fistfight in las vegas and oh yeah, it was really decided that we couldn't work no that's no that's not it at all. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely the case. I, I've just got way too much on my plate and, uh, you know, SigFed has grown into this, this monster of a media site and I love it. And I've, I, you know, the last four years and a bit, I've loved to watch it grow to what it is today with its amazing members. Um, but I just, I can't devote the amount of time that the site, uh, re- really, uh, re- needs and, and, you know, out of respect for the site, um, you know my my workload just can't take it anymore, and uh, fortunately we've got you on board, and we've got some uh, some new mods trying out, and we've got some uh, some new guest hosts and co hosts, and uh, I think the site's in good hands.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean for anybody wondering, Cigar Federation's not going anywhere. Sharing our pairings and cigar chat aren't going anywhere. Uh, we're just going to have some different co hosts that I kind of rotate through. Uh, you saw last week I was with uh, with Matt uh, pairing some beers and. Uh, A couple weeks before that, I was with Jason. So they're going to be a couple of my uh, regular co-hosts going forward.
1: Kudos to you for getting Matt on the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, He wanted to do it. He wanted to talk about some beer. All right. And now, speaking of beer, this isn't beer, but, uh, you know, that's as close of a segue as I'm going to get. So my first pairing is from Surgeon, and it's in one of these little bottles, so I don't have a fancy bottle to show off. Um, But this is Ron Santiago de Cuba um when i was looking it up it looks like there's a couple of age statement versions an 11 and a 12 and there's a no age statement that's no longer in production do you know which one this is john
1: i believe that's the no age statement
0: okay um so i've got the no age statement run santiago to cuba um i mean it looks and smells like cuban rum i'm excited to get into it i don't have much details other than that what's your first parent john
1: Well, without uh, going into any great detail on the beer itself, because I know we're about up to it on the first break, but this is a new brewery to me and a new brewery to Calgary. It's called Common Crown Brewing Company. Uh, This was brought to me by way of a great uh, fan of the show, Ruben who uh, participates often. Ruben was nice enough to drop off a sixer at my office of a various, uh, common crowns, And I've been slowly working my way through them. And, uh, this so far, so really good. This is the, uh, Blondale, um, little bit about common crown found in 2016 by twin brothers, Andrew and Damon Moreau, along with, uh, Bob Robert Shaw. Uh, they're located in Calgary, Alberta. And they, like I said, just opened last year, 2016. So brand new to the city. And, uh, let me just hold that up, and it, I mean, it definitely looks like a blonde ale, there's no question. Very blonde, very very effervescent, and uh, I was kind of looking for something on the lighter scale to match up with this Atabay, because I didn't want to really run this cigar over, and so far, so good.
0: All right, and with that, we're going to take our first station break here. We'll be right back, guys.
1: Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and Havana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you.
0: And we're back. So I'm drinking the uh, Santiago here from Cuba. This is an interesting Cuban rum because it's not. Um, I think it was a couple weeks ago. I had another Cuban rum on the show and I was talking about how there's always that distinct bitterness to Cuban rum. Mm-hmm. And this has much less of that than I'm used to uh, with other Cuban rums. Yeah, I think
1: uh, what it is, is um, sort to cut you off there. I think or- I think I think what it is, is that there's a whole selection of product that doesn't really get a lot of love outside of Cuba because either most people can't get it. Like I don't typically see these products on the shelf or they just aren't exported. And so I think there's this whole world of rum in Cuba that I'm, you know, slowly bringing back in my suitcase uh, that has phenomenal flavor to it. And and really the way I approach scotch and the way I approach really anything is I, I'm always looking for something new. That's different. I don't want, three Cuban rums that taste exactly the same or different variations of each other. I want three Cuban rums that taste radically different from each other. And each of them has a unique place on my shelf. And so that was one of the pickups where I was like, this is pretty good. And the price was really good also.
0: Yeah. I, I like it. It's uh, it's definitely a little different than the Cuban rums that I'm used to drinking. Uh, but it, it reminds me a little bit of like Canadian rye. Mm. It's got like that really clean palette uh at first and then the finish is a little like a little bit of that you know kind of dirty bitterness that you get from uh from cuban rums but it's kind of got a little bit of like that that spice and vanilla that you get from from like a canadian rye which is really interesting how's your first pairing going
1: it's nice the um i was commenting before the show Because I was sneaking some sips. Sometimes in a blonde ale, I get a lot of metallic. And I I don't know if it's just my palate, but I tend to pick up a lot of uh, metallic character on some ales. And what's really nice is this doesn't have that. The effervescence is nice. It's got a little bit of citrus note to it, so it kind of cleans my palate. It has a really, really clean finish, which is also nice. And a great mouthfeel. Not really the weather for a blonde ale. (laughs) uh, But it's not freezing outside, so my beer is not turning into a slushy, And uh, she good. A little bit about the beer, because they didn't really talk about the specs. I went on their website, and it's uh, 4.5% uh, ABV, 22 IB... Oh, see, that's weird. So it's 22 IBUs on the beer, on the website, but it's 21.2 on the can. I mean, this is 21.2 on the can. Twenty That is literally undrinkable.
0: I, I can't believe you even took another sip after literally, that. Literally,
1: literally undrinkable.
0: You get your palate all geared up for, you know... 22 IBUs and then you get hit with that 21.2 and I could see that just like throwing your whole day. I
1: mean, my whole night is now, no, I'm just kidding. Um, So they say that our, uh, their blonde ale is a light body beer with a golden color of the finest two row Alberta barley that finishes with notes of citrus. That's true. I do get that citrus and it is um, kind of a mixture of lemon and orange, I would say, without that harsh bitterness. Of course, using Alberta barley makes sense because Alberta grows a crap ton of barley uh, really, all of Western Canada grows a of crap ton of barley, so it makes perfect sense that they'd use it in the beer. Uh, this is pretty good. Um, I, I think the the citrus matches up nicely with the cigar. Um, I think a couple episodes ago, I kind of made a misstep with some of my pairings, and I think I, I need to do more ale pairings with cigars that are in that this strength category because you can get a lot of flavor profile out of an ale— without that sort of punch in the mouth of taking your palate over. And, um, the citrus character here really super fires the cigar. Some of that spicy component of the cigar is a little bit more highlighted, uh, where it's maybe without that citrus component, it's getting hidden underneath the creaminess. But again, this cigar has so many layers to it that, uh, you really got to put, I mean, this is not something you want to smoke and play video games and ignore.
0: Yeah. This is a cigar you really got to pay attention to. And I don't know if I'm getting into the, uh, the second, third here and getting some transitions or if it's the rum, but it's suddenly like really fruity. Interesting. Um, and I can't figure out what fruit it reminds me of. I think it's like peach or apricot kind of fruitiness. Um, but I definitely wasn't getting that before.
1: I'm still getting loads of uh, powdered cocoa. Um, Again, I think what's really interesting is that each of the flavor components here are kind of balanced out. Uh, it's kind of what I would describe a really well-prepared dinner dish. Uh, so all the all the flavor components, nothing's really standing out. The spice isn't strong. The cream isn't strong. The cocoa isn't strong. That lovely spearmint isn't strong. They're all just kind of there and in balance. And like I said, I think because there is so many layers to this, this is just not a cigar. Uh, it's not a yard gar especially at $32 MSRP. It's not something you kind of want to just throw away. I think you hit the nail on the head. This is probably a good celebration cigar if you want to really, really celebrate an occasion. This is probably the one to go for.
0: Yeah, if, if you've got the time to commit to it and pay attention, um, I can't see many people not enjoying this cigar. It is, it's is—it's just got so much complexity. And when you were talking about the, uh, like the balance of the flavors, I was thinking kind of the same thing about how It's hard to pick flavors out because there's nothing that's peaking up above the others. They're all kind of right in line with each other.
1: Oh, uh, I wanted to mention one of the things I picked up on the weekend at the Rocky Mountain Smokeout, the biggest indoor cigar show in Canada. Number four. Next year is going to be number five. It's going to be off the hook. But I saw this, and I'm a sucker for cigar stuff, and I'm a sucker for Calibre stuff, and the red kind of sits a triple torch, nice slide action on it. It's uh, it's got the three jets, but they're they're pointed, which is always nice. You get that triple point. Uh, I always like when point. they angle them. Exactly, it's got the cool fuel window, which they've started doing. It's got the foil in the window so you can see your 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 uh, butane levels. But then, what makes this really really cool is you're like John, I've lit my cigar. How do I cut it? Well, let me tell you how you cut it with that cool built-in v-cutter that's right it's got a built-in v-cutter i'm very excited being a part of the v-cut nation so now like i kid you not i've got one thing that i can take to a if i don't need to take six things with me i mean i probably still will but you know it's, it's like it's like it's everything i want um uh, and i'm i'm super stoked and like you could probably knock somebody out with this like it's probably it's got to be about a three quarters of a pound maybe of metal? Yeah,
0: Calibri has definitely got a uh, a history of making some hefty cigar accessories. Mm-hmm. They make stuff that feels like you could shoot it, and it'll survive for real. Uh, it's they, their stuff is built real solid. God, this cigar is so good. Is it? I ha, now I have to ask this though: Is it the deep V? Are you getting no? The no, and I'm a- on that?
1: no, I'm actually kind of I'm I'm kind of glad it's a medium V, so you can see that oh, it's, okay. it's got a medium V cut. Um, and, and I think this is probably the style of their new cutter. So it's not serrated, but it is a medium V. And I kind of like that because I've got the shallow V from Lotus. I've got the deep V, uh, the, that deep V cool switchblade action from Cleaver. And I've got this sort of regular V from Zycar. So this kind of fits that that perfect, you know, I probably wouldn't use this on a torpedo because I think it might be a little deep. But for probably 90% of my cigars, yeah. this is, this is going to be my go-to tool now.
0: Nice. I I might have to uh, make a little investment in one of those. Right. So I'm gonna introduce my second pairing. Do it up here. i um, I've had this on the show before. This is Zafra Rum. Uh, it is Panamanian rum distilled from 100% molasses and aged for 21 years in bourbon casks.
1: Damn.
0: So it's got a just just a touch of age, and you can see it's a little bit darker. Holy. It's kind of a It's kind of got more of a bourbon color than most rums do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually,
1: got a maybe a darker bourbon color than a lot of bourbons do.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, It reminds me of something like Booker's, I guess. That's kind of like extra dark. Uh, It's almost like a like it's the color of a red ale. Yeah, you've ever seen a red ale? That's kind of what color it is. Um, And it clocks in at forty percent ABV. I didn't check on the uh, Santiago just because I didn't have the specs for it.
1: I assume it's either 38 or 40.
0: That's what I would guess. Um, So what are you drinking for your second pairing?
1: Now, what's really strange for my second pairing, given all the Japanese whiskey I've featured over the years and given the amount of Japanese whiskey I enjoy, I have never featured this in the show. I think Robbie has featured this in the show. But I've never featured this on the show. If I'm a liar, please point out the episode. I appreciate it. You can drop it in the comments. This is the Hakushu. And I'm pretty sure I picked this up when I was down in San Francisco. And uh, Robbie couldn't make time to see me. That's right. Throwing you into the bus, Robbie. And uh, I saw this at the local bottle shop at the BevMo, I think it was there. And I walked in and they had this on the shelf. And the price was like stupid good. It was like 41 or $42 uh, freedom. And I was like, yeah, I need to definitely up my Japanese whiskey. And at the time, because this is like two and a half years ago, so at the time it was a little tough to get some Japanese whiskeys up here. Um, yeah, so uh, this is, of course, under the Suntory Group banner, one of the one of the main stables of their entire Suntory Group. Uh, this one's located in uh, Torabara, which is a locality in Chubu, Japan. Uh, this distillery was established in 1973 on the forest slopes of Mount Kakoma Kakoma. Kaikoma. Kaikoma, there we go. Kaikoma, Mount Kaikoma. A little bit of a tongue twister for me. Uh, Then they expanded the facility in 1981, presumably because it's good. Uh, And this is the 12-year. Clock's in at 43%. We've talked a lot about Japanese whiskeys tend to clock in around 43%. That's kind of their staple, which I appreciate. It's kind of got that golden straw color, kind of pretty typical for a lot of Japanese whiskeys. And the nose uh, is really what sets this one apart for me. This is every time I nose this, yeah Macintosh apple yeah which is a lot of a lot.
0: I get that from a lot of Japanese whiskies, which yeah. is just nice
1: i I think that's probably a factor of the Japanese oak. I think that's what's imparting that flavor, I think um but this tends to be like, obviously, with that citrus component, it's also really subtle and really nuanced. And that's kind of what I was hoping for for this cigar. I didn't really want to go huge. I didn't really want to go in your face. So, to me, Japanese whiskey kind of fits that bill between strength and complexity and elegance. And I think it's probably going to be a great pairing with a Bay, But only time will tell. And that time is me taking a sip.
0: Um, so, for the Zafra, I'm not sure what it is. I get a little bit of funk off of it interesting it's just a little I, I can't describe what the flavor is and it's also uh, a lot smokier than I remember I think it might be the cigar that I'm pairing it with um, because this cigar even though it's got a ton of flavor it's fairly mild uh, like I would put it at under just under medium strength oh. um, and I feel like the smokiness has kind of taken over the palate from the bur- from the bourbon barrels that the rum is aged in and I I just think that kind of uh, takes a little bit away from the complexity of the cigar. Uh, and makes me a little scared for my last pairing.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, my third pairing, I went a little crazy, but we'll get into that in a few minutes. This was the right call. Uh, Japanese whiskey and this cigar, I think, is going to be a match made in heaven, and I think I'm going to revisit some of the atabays with Japanese whiskey. It's funny because this cigar amplifies the whiskey, and the whiskey is what I would Call nuanced and subtle and it's huge next to the cigar. The cigar just super fires the whiskey. Like I would, it tastes like scotch. It's got so much body to it. And the citrus that I'm getting off there is supercharging the cocoa and the cedar. So I'm not really getting that spearmint off the cigar anymore. It's really getting run over by the whiskey. But what I am getting is just boatloads of cedar and boatloads of cocoa and creaminess. So for me, that's kind of a win. It's not, you know, it's not great that I'm running over some of the nuances of the cigar, but some of those subtler flavors in the cigar are being supercharged, and the cigar is supercharging the whiskey. So to me, that seems like a win.
0: Yeah, that's that seems like a good pairing. I'm going to have to uh, do a little adabe and Japanese whiskey pairings in the future myself.
1: Oh, so good. It's got, it's got um, actually getting a really nice smoky quality. Uh, I mean, uh, now I'm smoking a cigar, but like a like a peat-fired almost smoke, but like really, really subtle off the retrohale now. Um. And it's got, I mean, it's got such a clean finish too. Like, I don't taste tobacco on my tongue at all.
0: Yeah, there's a little bit of like, there's a little bit of spice on the finish and a little bit of sweetness. Um, But it doesn't taste like a cigar finish. Like, usually you get kind of like that, you know, that tongue coat. Yeah, that tongue coat of the, like, the cigar flavor, you know, tobacco, burning tobacco kind of flavors. And you can't really, like, the finish doesn't say cigar. No. Which is very strange. Uh, And we're going to take our second station break here. We'll we'll be right back after this message from one of our sponsors.
1: Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars to the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today.
0: And we are back. Um, John, you have a little uh, Cigar Oasis thing to talk about.
1: I do. So I was moving some cabinets around. And I'm using another, or was using uh, embarrassingly an older electronic humidification device in that unit. And I reached out to our good friends at Cigar Oasis and I said, Listen, uh, you know, is there like, do you guys have any units available? And they were kind enough to send me a Magna, which is perfect for my cabinet. And Trippy had to hear me at IPCPR, I was freaking out because uh, this cabinet is losing it. I was losing it because. You know, I, I all my all of my cabinets and stuff are kind of set up so that I don't have to worry about it. And I don't want someone else to have to worry about it either because I don't want someone else to take on that responsibility. This cabinet happens to be a lot of my older Cuban stuff. And I, obviously with Cuban stuff once I've got it aged in there for like six, 10 years, I don't want to screw around with it. And uh, my fiance who was kind enough to call me, she says, you know, there's a whole bunch of alarms going off on your humidor and like the humidity's up and like all these things were, were happening. And I came back and I tried to dial in the humidifier and it like, it was reading 55, but it was still pushing out air at 71. And I was like, this is like, I can't have this happen. Sure enough, I plug in the Magna and like within an hour, once it's settled, perfect. 67 or, uh, yeah, 67.5. Perfect. On the nose, double checked with my hygrometer. I've got a caliber four in there. It's perfect. I've got a, a remote sensor in there. Perfect. And this has been holding solid for like four days now. And and I think the other the other thing that I really realized is how loud the other unit was. I can't even <laughs> hear the magnet go. Like you can if you walk over, you can hear a gentle whirr when it goes off and that's it. But for me, it's really about the set it and forget it. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but I don't want to be screwing around with this thing and I don't want someone else to have to worry about this. The fact that I can just put it at sixty-seven point five, I can walk away in a month or two months when it runs on water, it's gonna notify me. I'm very, very happy. I, I feel like, you know, I don't have to think about my cigars as much as I probably Do you, do was. you have,
0: like, the, uh, the Wi-Fi module in yours so it notifies you?
1: I don't, but given the okay. amount that I've been away, I'm kind of contemplating getting the module and having it email yeah. me. Because, you know, if I'm away, again, I don't necessarily know what the issue is. And it's tough for someone who, you know, doesn't babysit these things to know what the issue is when alarms are going off and sensors and heat and all that. So I think that's probably something I might end up picking up.
0: Uh, So with my Magna it's, I mean, it's so easy, which is nice. And the only, like the only maintenance I have to do is if I hear that fan going off more than normal, I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh, it needs water. And I Mm -hmm. put a little water in and it's good for another, I mean, I don't know how long it usually lasts. Probably a month and a half, maybe two months. Sounds about right. Um, but I, I dig it. I like it a lot.
1: By the way, love the beads. Absolutely, the way to go. Yeah.
0: Forget seriously. that whole
1: floral foam, floral foam business. Like floral foam is a recipe for mold in your humidor. You mold in your in your uh, humidifier. Beads are the way to go. They're relatively inexpensive. Throw them out after a year if, if they get saturated with ammonia or whatever swap with a new set of beads, fill it up with water. You're good to go.
0: Well, and with the Magna, I, I don't, I've never had, <clears throat> I've had it for almost three years and I've never had any like ammonia issues or anything with the beads. Oh, there because you go. They're sealed in there.
1: Oh yeah, fair enough. I, I do find that with, um, I think maybe it's just my Cuban stock, as it ages, it tends to put off a little bit of ammonia. So <laughs> I find that I, I do go through beads, especially with new stock. You can see them kind of yellowing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've said it, forget it, man. Like no joke. It's so nice to just not have to worry about it. It's just, it's perfect all the time. Happy day. Smoke my cigars, not think about my cigars. And uh, thanks very much to the Cigar Isis for making that happen.
0: Um, and I'm about ready to move into my final pairing. Uh, you might be able to stick with pairing number two for now if you want, but uh, pairing <clears throat> number can, two was just a miss for me.
1: I can, I can totally move on. Do we have any questions or comments or feedback <clears throat> from our audience? Uh, we have my farewell show. So
0: we have a couple of questions or a couple of, uh, a couple of comments about how much people are going to miss you.
1: People don't want you to go away.
0: But again, John's not going to be gone forever.
1: I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a guest. I'll be a, I'll be a guest on the show.
0: Yeah, exactly. You could be a guest. Um, you know, maybe when I don't have anybody to host sharing our pairings with me, you'll come around for an episode. You're just not going to be the weekly, my weekly co-host anymore.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Uh, you're not go- gone forever. You may even see some reviews from him. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so my final pairing is, if I can get it to focus there, it's got a really cool graphic. This is from Fremont Brewing.
1: Looks like a like a Sasquatch.
0: Uh, it is an abominable snowman.
1: Oh. Ah.
0: So this is, they call it B-Bomb because it is their... Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what they call it. They're Abominable Winter Ale. Nice. Aged in... All right, let me pull up the description in my notes here because there's a lot going on. So first, this is from Fremont Brewing in Seattle, Washington. Um, They were founded in 2009 by Matt Linklum. He was an attorney who actually specialized in the beverage and hospitality industries um, and decided instead of helping other people get their breweries and restaurants and stuff up and running, he might start his own brewery
1: who even uh, likes making lawyer money.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so apparently without telling his wife, he decided on his own that he was ready <laughs> to start his brewery and, and went for it.
1: By the way, Matt, that is not a wise decision. Just speaking <clears throat> yeah. as a man who's, who's about to be working on a second marriage. That's not a, that's not a wise decision, my friend.
0: Yeah, that seems uh seems like a bad idea, but uh, it seems to have worked out for him for the last eight years. Uh, So this is—so first, I'll I'll start with the beer. So it is—the mash bill is pale, chocolate, roast, carafa Munich, and dark crystal malts with Columbus, Willamette, and Golding Hops. Uh, One of their things is kind of local. They try to use as many local ingredients as they can, and there's a lot of uh, malts and hops grown here in the Pacific Northwest. And so they they make that abominable winter ale— and my chair is sinking here. This is very strange. <laughs> the hydraulic must your head, be going. Your out.
1: head, your head just keeps getting smaller and smaller uh, in the image.
0: So <clears throat> this beer is aged for 12 and 24 months. So it's a mixture. Wow. They don't really say how much of each, but there's there's some 12-month-aged and some 24-month-aged beer in here. And those are aged in 12 or 16-year-old uh american oak whiskey barrels which god um so this is an old beer and this is also the 2016 release so this came out about a year ago wow um i i think the new one will launch in i think november next month um and i mean it's an ale but it looks pretty stouty
1: looks pretty stouty to me Um,
0: that's pretty thick they they don't disclose the IBUs, but it clocks in at fourteen percent ABV. So it's uh, what we would describe as a heta.
1: That's a that's a heta for sure. Uh, I'm featuring another beer from a distillery or a brewery that has not gotten a lot of love. I don't know why. Uh, this is a uh, Unibra out of Quebec, out of uh, Chamblain, Quebec. Uh, I've talked about them on a previous show. Um, they're purchased by Sleeman in 2004, and then uh, Sleeman was purchased by Saporo in 2006. Uh, they were one of the first original three microbrewing companies in Greater Montreal. Uh, they make great beer. Like all their beer is like stupid good. This is the uh, Raftman. I'm kind of going in a different direction with this i just want to kind of push the envelope a little bit on what we're doing here tonight this is a uh, a belgian style smoketail now i saw the smoketail and i was like oh man smoketails can be really hit or miss it can be like super smoky which is not really what i want with this cigar but i think it's having a couple sips so far it's it's subtle enough that it's not overrunning the cigar and it provides a a very different flavor characteristic than what I was expecting, mm. you look at the color, and it's it's almost like um like a cross between an amber ale and a brown ale. So it's kind of got the cloudiness of a brown ale, but mm. the overall opaqueness of an amber ale. 55 percent 5. ABV. Uh, they have serving temperatures. Their website's actually really well done. You can serve it at six to ten degrees Celsius, uh, science, or forty-three to fifty degrees freedom, which is about right. Uh, you know, so basically slightly chilled, but uh, not very cold. It is a top fermented peat smoked Belgian style whiskey malt ale. Uh, clocks in at 10 SRMs and only 15.5 IBUs. Uh, yeah. It's um, it's creamy, and the smoke is not at all like you know, like you'd get out of a Belgian or a regular German smokedale like uh, Oktoberfest style smokedale which really got a heavy smoke to it. Mm-hmm. This is this is very nuanced. It's I'm almost reaching to find the smoke in it, which is probably for the best, given the the strength profile of this cigar.
0: Yeah, and so for my pairing, a really interesting thing is I completely expected this pairing to not work at all because this is a mild to medium bodied cigar and a very, very strong beer. It's huge. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. huge. They're actually going together really well. The, so there's, there's a ton of bourbon character in here. Like you smell it and it, it's got that kind of classic vanilla sourness, uh, that you get in a bourbon age beer, but it really brings out a lot of good characteristics in the cigar. The sweetness of the cigar is really muted, so you're not getting as much sweetness, but the kind of more vegetal like that chlorophyll you were talking about is there the uh the white pepper is really coming back, and I really get a ton of that uh super unique peppermint flavor that you were talking about nice that, I mean I've never tasted that in a cigar, and now it's like it's really intense and delicious
1: i mean I suppose that makes sense in the sweetness category because it doesn't have any um milk sugars in there and at 14 percent there's like there's no there's got to be no sugar left in that it's all been converted to alcohol so i mean crap you're almost approaching wine category at that level really
0: yeah i mean 14 percent is where wines are
1: Mm -hmm. so it makes sense it's probably um yeah yeah that's actually probably for the best because i think you know i can imagine like if i had the uh if i had the oh now i can't remember the name of that stout that uh to, ten big, to big 1050 thank you see you're in my head if you had a 1050 I, I could you. see that being just way way too sweet even though it's not a really sweet stout uh, i think that would be way too sweet for the cigar and a lot of those nuances would be run over but i think if you took that sweetness away and you still had big stout char- character with espresso and you know all those bourbon characters yeah that that could be um that could be a winning combination sounds like it anyways
0: yeah um i i think surprisingly it just goes together really well um, I mean, there's a little smokiness in the beer. There's a little bit of bitterness, but not too much. Like, if I had to guess, I'd say it was, like, in the high 30s IBUs, like 35, maybe 40. Um, and it, I, I'm just also noticing that it brings out a ton of creaminess in the cigar. Mm. Um, this is a good pairing, really surprisingly. Uh, I, I just kind of went for this beer because—so um, there was a—one of my Facebook friends was saying the other day, How uh, he posted a picture of a beer and said, I'm hoping this beer lives up to the insane price tag. And then it turned out it was four (laughs) dollars. And I was like, dude, it's like, dog, that's that's nothing. And he was like, well, I don't usually pay sixteen dollars for like a twelve pack (laughs) or for a a four pack. And I was like, dog. okay. I mean, that's not crazy pricing to me.
1: Ten or twelve bucks for a single bomber dog.
0: Yeah. and, And I have no problem with that. This little bottle put a hurting on my wallet a little bit. I bet that uh, sounds
1: like an eighteen dollar bottle. Twenty
0: five.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I mean it's aged, man. That, yeah, exactly. Like that's I mean, crazy aged. Uh,
0: and it, it's you know high high gravity. It's a it's not a cheap beer for them to make. So no. I I don't think they're you know price gouging or anything. But I was looking for a special occasion to open this bottle, and and your last show
1: seemed like oh, a pretty good occasion. Thanks, Trippy, and it, you know I think that's probably the kind of thing you want to be pouring with this with this cigar i mean this is this is not a cigar like no offense to some of the less expensive beers and spirits and and wines and stuff out there but this is not the cigar you pour the 10 year old port with This is a cigar you pour like a 20 year old late bottle vintage port with, Mm -hmm. or in your case, a $25 high end super quality craft beer, because that's kind of what you want to be pairing here. You don't want to be pairing Hooch with a cigar like this. Uh, you know, I'm sure maybe Hooch might go well if that's your thing, but this is kind of a cigar that really demands something a little bit finer and And a little
0: more complex. I mean, that's that's. I think why this is working so well is because the cigar and the beer are, are contrasting, but they're each very complex in their own right.
1: So I'm finding with my uh, Belgian style smoked lager, um, or smoked ale, I should say, that the smoke is actually supercharging the creaminess here, which I wasn't expecting. I was, like I said, I really wasn't sure how that smoke quality was going to uh, sit with this cigar. But what's happening is that creaminess is super firing for me as well. Uh, that sort of vegetal spearmint is coming back. And the chocolate and the cedar that I was so prevalently getting with the Hakushu is gone. So it's kind of a reverse pairing of the Hakushu. The two elements that were being highlighted there are now being muted. And the two elements that I was really enjoying with the first pairing have come back. And the beer overall is not really overly complex, which I guess makes sense for a 5.5% ABV and I, like I said, the smoke is quite light. But in terms of pairing, this is kind of what I'm going for. Uh, it's highlighting the scar almost entirely. I don't think the cigar is really doing anything for this beer at all.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's kind of sad to hear.
1: That's okay. I mean, the beer, you know Brown makes some some pretty reasonably priced stuff. I got this in a taster pack. Um, the, the beer has a, has a nice subtle sweetness to it. It's got a great creamy mouthfeel. Um, but, you know... None of the flavors of the cigar, the beer are really standing out, I think just because the, the the intensity of the cigar may be running that over a little bit, but again, when you get an m s r p of thirty two bucks, I really don't want anything in the cigar being run over i you know if the spirit of the beer is lost a little bit but highlights the cigar, I'm still okay with that. That's a good outcome, I think for me,
0: yeah, I think so too i mean uh thirty two dollars is a high high asking price for any cigar um and and I mean the pairing. You should pair something that matches up well if you're spending that
1: much on a stick. Yeah, this is this is an outstanding cigar. It
0: really this is, is.
1: A, this is absolutely a hundred point cigar. There's no question in my mind that anyone with a palate who uh, isn't a yak who smokes a cigar would happily pay the asking price for this. Um, I don't know if you can get your dirty hands in a box, uh, but I mean this is this is a phenomenal cigar. Great way to do a send off show for sure.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, which brings us to our last station break, which, of course, we have an outdated ad for, so we're not going to play the ad. Uh, but it is brought to us by the fine folks over at Drew Estate. them mm, they good. They good. Uh, download the Drew Diplomat app, check in your cigars, win some awesome stuff. I mean, they have some really cool stuff. Um, and we actually just got a comment from one of our winners from a few weeks ago, uh, Cole Cruz. He got his FSG swag in the mail today nice he loves it
1: yeah man that was um that was a great show with uh, jeff Borshowitz. uh i haven't caught up to the show with fabian yet because i'm still catching up on my podcast and stuff but uh you know drew state crew is really cool and stuff they're doing over there at subculture studios is outstandingly amazing if you've ever been down on the drew tour you know if you haven't been on the drew tour you've probably seen the pictures of people with their humidors and their shirts and what in some cases the door from their stand-up humidor like just crazy yeah. crazy stuff
0: they're but, doing a yeah, motorcycle Right now. That's
1: nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. But that's Drew. That's what they do. And you know, you can you can win a lot of that stuff off the Drew Diplomat app. All you have to do is check in your cigars. So if you're not a Drew Diplomat app member and you smoke Drew Estate cigars, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Win some stuff, man.
0: And you can get a free cigar. They just announced last week that if you go to a uh a Drew Estate event in the last quarter of this year and you tell and you show them that you are on the Drew State. Uh, sorry, Drew. Diplomat app, um, you get a free Pappy Van Winkle Lonsdale, and that is a good blend. That is a very good cigar.
1: Yeah, it is. We smoked uh, one or two of those at the IPCPR, and uh, yeah, they they good.
0: I mean, I'm. Uh, we've got a review coming up. I smoked two of them yesterday, um, and I mean that blend is on point,
1: man. Speaking of uh, reviews, I need to get on. I've got like four reviews in the hopper. I've got, some, uh, I've got a Cabarqueño uh, Protocol Lost Probable Cause Lancero review that's in the hopper that I know Juan Cancel is eager to check it out. I mean, it was a terrible cigar, awful. I think it's going to be oh, like 50, 52 points we've, or something like that. I mean,
0: I can't think of any Protocol cigar that we've ever liked at Cigar Federation.
1: <laughs> I mean, they just don't know how to make it. No, I'm just kidding. Their cigars are brilliant, and that was an amazing cigar. So I'm really looking forward to posting that review. Got to post up that new hotness, the new Davidoff. Um, really enjoyed that, and I think you and I are going to do a group review of that. So I got to get that posted, and I might have some other stuff in the in the hopper that uh, will get out in my uh, sort of waning uh, close-up weeks here as we uh, get that out.
0: Yeah. So going back over the pairings, um, I think I think my first pairing the Cuban rum. I think that's a good choice for the cigar. This cigar, I feel like, um, I mean. I don't have any inside information, but there is there are, there have been rumors consistently that there's Cuban tobacco inside of these, um, which I mean I don't know I guess I could see it based on the flavor, but you know it's it's hard to say whether one one leaf out of these six are Cuban. Uh, I, don't I don't think so. Um, but either way, this cigar is blended kind of to the Cuban palate, just with a little bit more yes. strength, a little bit more body, um, and. In my opinion, a little bit more flavor yeah. than most Cubans. Absolutely, but it's it's still got that Cuban esque kind of flavor profile that I think goes really well with a Cuban rum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would rate this one about a ninety. It's That's a very good, good pairing. pairing. I, I think there are other Cuban rums that would be a little bit better. The selection to Maestros. Um, That's good rum. Or the uh, what's the other one you sent me?
1: The Ron uh, Ron Cabai Ten Year
0: yes the ron kubai tenure i think that one would go fantastic with this blend
1: mm-hmm. yeah any kind of, i think any kind of um complex rum is a is a, it's probably a good way to go you want to avoid some of the sweeter rums because i think mm-hmm. the sweetness might be a little too intense going back to my first pairing which was the common crowned brewing company blonde ale and uh it's good um like I said, I think if you go with a if you're going with a beer, um, if you get something with a little bit of citrus, uh, like a little of that citrus quality to it, uh, that's a great pairing because I think it really highlights and supercharges the tobacco here. Um, the nice thing is the cigar is not running over the ale. Uh, it's good. I would probably put this at an 88, 80, 9 This is a really good pairing. It's not it's not necessarily blowing my skirt up, but this is absolutely something I'd return to in the future uh, because it works and it works very well.
0: Um, and before I move on to my second one, you had a bonus pairing tonight, didn't you?
1: I did. I was going to, um, I figured we were probably going to go into the after dark because there's no way we're not smoking this cigar to the nub.
0: I mean, I, I can't not nub this cigar. Yeah. So Um,
1: I've got the sneaky. Yeah.
0: We, we can get to your, uh, bonus pairing in the after dark. So my second pairing, the Zafra, hold up the bottle here for our, uh, video viewers.
1: Which is an outrageously good rum, by the way.
0: It is so good. Um, and from what I've heard, this is kind of blended for the bourbon palette. Um, it's kind of a, uh, it's made, it's specifically made as a rum that you can pour for your friends that hate rum and they'll think that it's probably bourbon, but they won't be sure. And then you'll tell them it's rum and they'll be like, Oh, I like rum now. And then they'll kind of branch out a little bit. Um, it's good. It's a fantastic rum. I think it's just a little too smoky for this cigar. I feel like the smokiness is really what takes over and uh, prevents the the cigar from totally shining through. So I would give this pairing uh, an 84. Um, not saying anything bad. I, I mean, I can't say anything bad about the rum or the cigar, but together they just don't work.
1: And I could see that kind of being the case with a lot of bourbons because I think a lot of bourbon whiskey tends to be a lot more intense in flavor Mm -hmm. like that's you know put it in cigar terms it's it's a medium full full and this i don't think bourbons in general will be the right pairing for this that spiciness the corn um really all the characteristics that make bourbon so excellent i don't think they'd be a good matchup for the out of base so i could kind of see where if that's blended for the bourbon palette that kind of makes sense to me that wouldn't match up with this cigar pairing
0: yeah um yeah that's just kind of the the way that this one fell, unfortunately. Mm. And great, Peter, great Peter Janatatos is wondering what the cigar is. The cigar is Atabay. Bay. Bay. Uh, this particular Vitola is the Mysticos, which is their new limited edition that's coming out this year. And, man, my camera will not focus.
1: Yeah. There's a reason why I went to the C922. It,
0: it loves my face. Um, I mean, the Peter, the cigar has a high price tag. But I, I wouldn't not recommend this cigar it's to anybody.
1: It's worth every ducat. It's one of those cigars where you're like, oh, my God, that's a lot of dollars. And you you smoke it, and you're like, yeah, that's that's why, because it's one of the best cigars I've ever smoked in my life.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and and as I've talked about before, I, I don't even know what the name of the Vitola is, but when we were doing the uh, interview, I prefer to smoke – the person's cigar who I'm interviewing. I don't want to be up there, you know, smoking this guy's cigar when I'm interviewing that guy. Um, so he gave us a Robusto ish size. It was like a five by 54 or so. And I don't remember the interview because <laughs> I was focused on the cigar.
1: You zoned right out.
0: I zoned completely out. And I mean, I was there for the interview and I was asking questions and stuff. But uh, all I was thinking about was the cigar and how amazing it was.
1: So good. So my second pairing of the night was the Hakushu 12 Japanese Whiskey. Uh, I'm a big fan of Japanese whiskey, and I'm a big fan of Japanese whiskey paired with subtle nuanced cigars because you can get a lot of really complex flavors. It's not overly intense. This was absolutely a great pairing. I think Atobe is probably a cigar that goes naturally with a lot of Japanese Mm whiskeys. Japanese profile for whiskey is a lot of nuance and a lot of complexity without being overly intense, and that's exactly what this cigar is. For me, this was uh, probably the best pairing of the night, 93, 94. We'll see what happens with my secret secret after dark pairing tonight but um this was uh really good the the citrusy component of the hakushu like i said really highlighted the cedar and cocoa quality out of the cigar uh it it did mute the the spearmint quality that that chlorophyll spearmint and and uh some of that cedar that was in there but um yeah great great pairing love it
0: and and my last pairing the fremont uh b-bomb abominable winter ale aged in bourbon barrels, which I forgot to point out, they're located in, if it'll focus, Seattle Earth. They're not in Seattle, Washington, Seattle, Seattle Earth. Earth. Um, yeah. and, and their tagline that was just in focus there is, because beer matters. And beer does matter. Uh, if you're going to make a beer, you might as well make it good. I I thought this was going to be a bad pairing. I thought they weren't going to go together. The It's a super full-bodied beer, but somehow... The only thing that it really mutes at all is the sweetness, and it brings out everything but the sweetness in the cigar. It brings up the creaminess. It, it kind of supercharges that, like, chlorophyll, uh, spearmint flavor, uh, and brings out a little bit more of that, like, peppery spice. And, I mean, this was just a really good pairing, like
1: 95. <laughs> Damn! Uh, for my last pairing, my last uh, pre-After Dark pairing... Unibrow, great brewery. Love their beers. It was the Raftman, which is the smoked lager. Uh, and I keep saying smoked lager, but what I mean is smoked ale because I'm just so used to smoked lagers. Uh, I love this beer and I love this cigar, but together, eh, it's all right. The uh, the beer does a great job of highlighting the cigar, but they don't really work too well too well in concert. I think it's probably a bit of a miss. Uh, it's it's really what I would call an average pairing, maybe 85, 86. It's not bad, it's just average. And I think when you're smoking a cigar of this caliber, you don't want to be going with an average pairing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you're smoking a cigar like this, an average pairing just won't do. It needs to be like a 90 plus pairing. Absolutely. Or it's, it's just not worth pairing with it at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I could smoke the cigar with water and yeah. just enjoy the hell out of it.
1: Water is good. Rum is better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that brings us to the end of our Armed Forces Radio segment. Uh, thank you, everybody out there listening. Uh, we appreciate what you're doing out there to pre- protect our freedoms. It really means a lot to us. Uh, stay safe. Have a great week. And uh, try to get a cigar in if you can. And we're back with our After Dark segment.
1: After Dark, bitches!
0: Because uh, we have to finish this cigar. I mean, sometimes... Yeah,
1: we're finishing uh, this
0: cigar. Sometimes we finish the show and you end up with like a third of a cigar left and it's like... Well, the show's over, and i got to go inside and eat dinner. Um, Indians. Nope. Nope. This one, I need to finish this cigar.
1: So it's uh, Canadian Thanksgiving coming up this weekend uh, because we're crazy, and we like to balance our turkey consumption. So really, you know, it's about turkey in October, and then, you know, we can celebrate American Thanksgiving in November. So we have a second turkey, if if you do that kind of thing. And then you get your Christmas turkey and your Christmas ham. So it's just turkey, turkey, turkey. And then within there, you can have your turkey sandwiches, your turkey barley soup. Um, yeah, but I've put forth the suggestion because uh, my fiance asked me last year, "What do, you know, what what do you think would be good? Because we go over for family dinner. And uh, and I said, you know, one of the things that doesn't get a lot of love, it seems, at Thanksgiving is prime rib. Oh, yeah. It's all, about, it's all about the turkey, right? And turkey's a lot of work. Turkey's a lot of work, especially when you only have a handful of people. And I say, you know what isn't a, hot, a, hot, a lot of work is throwing a prime rib in the oven – Getting that nice and medium rare, uh, getting some of them garlic mashed potatoes. Mm. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but that that was that was my vote for uh, Canadian Thanksgiving coming up this that week.
0: That sounds delightful.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I want some prime rib now.
1: Yeah, you do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it up in my uh, last pairing, of that my secret pairing, my after dark pairing. We haven't really done after dark pairings, but you know me, I like to throw caution to the wind. And uh, throwing caution to the wind means going to an absurdly expensive, uh, albeit uh, maybe overpriced whiskey, Takatsura 21 from Japan. So oh, good. Yeah. It's a pure malt 21. And uh, <clears throat> I've told the story before, but I'll tell the story again because you've got a lot of cigar to go. And I had this at a whiskey tasting uh, at Kensington Wine Market, which is one of my favorite places to have whiskey from. By the way, sponsors of the Rocky Mountain Smokeout. Uh, so you go to the Rocky Mountain Smokeout, you can get some absurdly good spirits. They had, like a, they had like a friggin' port there from 1968. Wow. I did not have any because I was too busy working. But I was told <laughs> it was really good. They also had a 40-year-old whiskey there, which I also did not try because I was too busy working. So it goes. But,
0: Sounds like a rough weekend.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of work. But this Takatsura I had at one of the Japanese whiskey tastings at Kensington one market. I, I had it and I'm like, God, the bottle price is a few bucks, but I got to have this. This is back when I was making that oil and gas money. So I was like, ah, you know, I'll pick this up. No problem. Bought it, went home, had a couple of drams over the next couple of weeks. And I was like, you know, I got of have a second bottle of this because when this bottle is gone and you can see this bottle, uh, sadly, or for better or for worse, a lo- I would say most of this bottle is gone from me sharing it. This is not me drinking it. This is probably Uh, the... Yeah. So, you know, all the people that got to enjoy this bottle, I think Robbie was one of the people that got to enjoy this bottle as well. I think I gave a little pour to uh, Fred Rui at Nomad. And it's good. I mean, it's really, really good. Uh, Then, uh, I think about two or three months passed. So I have two bottles of this. Uh, I was pretty happy with myself. And I went to another tasting. And I had the Takatsura Pure no-age staple. And first of all, it's like... 85% 85% is good. You know how we were talking about the price point for cigars and like the Padron 1964 versus the 1926? Yeah. And you can almost get two and a half Padron 1964s. Well, imagine if a Padron 1964 were $5. And you're like, well, I feel a little bad about spending $18 now on a Padron. And that's what ended up happening is it's 85% as good as the 21-year-old. And I was like, well, that makes me sad because uh, I've got two bottles of 21, and it's excellent. But I could have gotten like eight bottles of the no-age statement. (laughs) Uh, So needless to say, I picked up the no-age statement. But uh, all this talking, not enough whiskey drinking. This is 43% ABV. It earned the world's best blended malt in 2010. Now, for those of you wondering what a blended malt is, most malts at distilleries are blended malts, blended from the single-grain malts that are at that distillery. And uh, this is no different. Um, this, of course, is from Nikka Whiskey Company. Um, I'm not going to tell a story again. I'm just going to drink the whiskey because uh, it's been sitting there for like an hour. And oh, it's, it's ready. It's ready.
0: It, it's just asking for it. And we've, we've got some comments. Jason oh, Stavka so says RMS was awesome. The best show so good. ever. Best show and ever. Jeremy Miller. I can't tell if he's messing with you or not. No BS, like I've said before, I learned so much from you guys and watched every sharing our pairings. Good luck. And I'm going to miss you, Rob.
1: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it, Rob. Um, no, so uh, first of all, if you're going to go back and watch uh, the the sort of uh, startup, I probably recommend tuning in around episode six, episode five or episode six. I find the first five episodes unwatchable and super cringeworthy.
0: I mean, I think- it was basically pairing dummies at that point. Mm-hmm. Um. You knew your whiskey, but uh, Rob was a bit of a pairing dummy. Well,
1: yeah. and we had some technical technical issues, and um, I was—I mean, Rob had, had like, uh, 180 episodes of Cigar chat his belt. Mm-hmm. I had, like, two. So I had, you know, not a lot of comfort level in front of the camera. Um, my mic positioning was terrible. It was just all kinds of badness. And then, you know, I think over the years, it really polished the hell out of the show— Um, I mean, God, the show is uh, over three years running now. The only show on the intertubes dedicated to pairing. And I noticed there's a lot more shows now that are featuring pairings, that are doing pairings. You see a lot more pairings featured in magazines. You see a lot Mm -hmm. of cigar aficionado write-ups doing pairings. And these magazines were not doing that three years ago. That was really an uncharted territory. Um, So I don't want to say we invented the category, but we certainly got in at at a time where no one else was doing that. And it's nice to see that because, quite frankly, I think most cigar aficionados uh, and cigar enthusiasts out there pair something with their cigar. Not a lot of yeah. people, unless they're doing sampling, they're going to pair something. They're going to pair a pop. They're going to pair a uh, soda if you're on the East Coast. Um, they're going to pair a beer if you're Matt because Matt just can't get enough beers. The guy has more uh, unique check-ins on uh, Untap that I think is healthy. Matt, let's talk. You know, Let's figure out. Whether you need an intervention or whatever. Well,
0: actually, uh, I learned oh. last week while we were doing sharing our pairings, I got a little peek behind the mat curtain. Um, I had assumed he was drinking all of these beers. Right. And while we were doing sharing our pairings, he would have like a, a 16 ounce can and he would be drinking part of it. And then as soon as we hit the commercial break, he would go, Hey, you want this beer? And give it away to somebody because he was doing uh, it from the shop. Uh. Okay, so I, that's helpful. I feel like that's probably a lot of what he does is he drinks half a beer and gives the rest away so that he can drink four beers in a night instead of two.
1: That's probably smart.
0: He's a, he's a pretty smart guy.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So beers, whiskeys, it's all good. Uh, you know, we've had some really fun pairings in the show we've done. I think, uh, one of the most fun experiences was doing the, uh, the series with Drew estate where they had the, uh, specific cigars that were meant to be paired with IPAs, uh, meant to be paired with whatever. Um, and I think what was magical for us is we went into a territory in the pairing that was unusual because we went with an IPA pairing. And mm-hmm. up until that point, I think we had a real struggle finding cigars that would pair with an IPA because, I mean, first of all, the citrusy hop quality in an IPA just blows. I mean, you talk about Stouts blowing a cigar away. When you have yeah. a, an IPA,
0: really it just blows your yeah. palate out.
1: It's crazy. So it turns out that fire cured tobacco or like uh, something with a little bit of pipe tobacco in it uh, pairs brilliantly with IPAs. So, you know, if you're looking for something to pipe pair an IPA with, uh, Kentucky fire cured. And it's great to see all these, you know, these uh, bourbon barrel aged cigars. I mean, we did the um, we did that uh, bourbon bourbon barrel aged cigar from. Uh, wow. My mind just completely. The Camacho. Gone. No, no, no. Yeah. The Camacho. Stout aged. Stout aged.
0: Yeah. Um <clears throat> and I think actually we m- there might have been a show for the uh for the Camacho American, American I- barrel aged
1: American barrel and it was phenomenal. I mean I love to see you know um Hoy de Nicaragua with the Cuatro Cinco. One of the biggest kept secrets in the industry was that they're using uh bourbon barrel aged tobacco in there and it was kind of really hush hush um we kind of got a peek behind the scenes which saw a room in hoya that i'd never seen in my previous five trips yeah and it was kind of cool um but it makes sense because you you know with bourbon bourbon barrel aged tobacco you get this really rich flavor without overpowering the tobacco and i think that's a that's a tough dial to turn
0: yeah and i i have noticed um like looking back i've noticed there have been barrel aged cigars that were never really marketed as having barrel-aged tobacco in them. Absolutely, um, the there was a Partagas. I think it was the original Partagas Black, the Inspirato Black. I think which it is was. a great cigar. It might have been the original Partagas uh, Classico, but one of those two had a wrapper that was actually aged in barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't really publicize it. If you if you read like their website, it said you know this is aged in a barrel, but it wasn't like now. It's front and center. If you're barrel aging something, you're telling everybody. Uh, and I feel like there might have been a stigma against it that I just didn't know about. Uh, I mean,
1: maybe they're worried about like it, con- it coming out of the guise of flavoring or something like that. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of the uh, the feeling that I got is that they they were afraid that people would think that it was flavored. Um, but now Camacho has kind of ended that stigma somehow. Yeah,
1: which is good. Because, uh, frankly, I don't give a crap. Uh, I just want to smoke a cigar that's good. Um, yep. This Atabay is mysticose, is outrageously tasty. Um, and, there, you know, we, I don't think we, if you if you watch the interview, and you should definitely go back and check the interview out with Selected Tobacco's uh, Atabay Byron. We do a little bit of some sweeps of some of the product. And, honestly, I would comfortably say that they've got the best packaging in the entire non-cuban industry like it's It's just stupid it's stupidly brilliant and luxurious and amazing and uh frankly i don't deserve it
0: and the uh well you say the non-cuban industry so with the cuban industry nelson who owns atabay designs all of the packaging all of the jars all of those little humidification tubes um he's been working with the cuban industry for decades yeah. uh designing their packaging and this is his f- kind of first foray into non cuban tobacco uh you know building something that's his instead of instead of uh, habanos
1: yeah cuz if you if you've had an opportunity to go down for a pardegas festival or a habanos festival in cuba they really showcase um these custom humidors they show custom packaging and it's, it's funny to think of Cuba as a communist island that they've got some just amazing artisanal produced humidors and stuff that they've mm-hmm. got actively marketed on the, on the market and the non-Cuban market, <clears throat> which is enormous. You, you, I mean, you see it occasionally like Tatuaje did a little bit of that, Warp did a custom jar. Um, you, you know, you see occasionally companies doing this kind of really nice jar packaging or tubal packaging, but it's very inconsistent. Um you know, I think where Byron and Atabay have, have really hit their mark is that, you know, it really is that it's not luxurious; it's ultra luxurious level of packaging and product, and yeah, it's it's not a it's not an expensive price point, but there's a reason for that because you know it is stupidly luxurious, and um, and I think there's a market for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, those huma tubes are gorgeous. Oh, it's stupid! I've got a couple of the. Uh, I there's like two series of them. The ones that have kind of like the I'm not sure if it's glass or some kind of plastic, but they're kind of clear. um uh, I've got a couple of the all aluminum ones, and the construction right. on those is incredible, and and I mean they're reusable.
1: they're, they're work yeah, and they're reusable. You were saying I think on the show that um and you might have said it to to uh, Nelson that you have ended up using that tube to transport mm-hmm. cigars because it's like first of all, it's amazing packaging. and second of all, it's a it's a little humidor,
0: yeah, it's a, it's a single cigar humidor, which is mm-hmm. perfect for. You know, I, I keep them in my humidor open so that the little humidification device is, is constantly at whatever I keep my humidor at, 66% or whatever. Um, and I just pop a cigar in there and it's good for a couple days. And they, yeah. they say that it'll stay good for like 90 days or something. I've just never left a cigar in there that long on my desk to test.
1: Because you're not an animal. Yeah, exactly. Um so, I mean, I could talk about the cigar all night, but how are we doing for questions, comments, feedback, uh, hopefully Facebook? Because I know oftentimes the only drawback to Facebook, we really like the platform for streaming. Um, it's got a lot of benefits over YouTube, but um, the comments are weird because sometimes we've got 18 comments, but we can only see five of them.
0: Yeah, sometimes they don't really show up. So Stephen Christopher says he loves this show and he's going to miss you. Thanks, brother. Uh, Jose Hernandez also says he's going to miss you. Everybody's going to miss you. That's most of our uh, most of our comments now. Is people are going to miss you.
1: I wanted to throw up my Nicaraguan flag as kind of a send off, but um, you know, I felt like it was a little bit disrespectful to Atabe. Um, yeah,
0: since
1: so they're in Costa the name, Rica. Since they're made in Costa Rica, I don't have a Costa Rican flag, uh, partially because you know there's not a lot of cigars that come out of Costa Rica. There's really only a handful. Um, yeah. That's that's my excuse. I'm going to talk about the Rocky Mountain Smokeout because we got some time and I got some cigar. So uh, this really started like actually more than four years ago, um, because as people might be aware or might not be aware, um, we have draconian smoking laws here in Canada. Uh, Even though we own uh, we are a franchise of of 17, now 18 stores, we can't smoke. We can't smoke in the stores. That looked good. Um,
0: Getting that focus.
1: Getting that focus you can't smoke indoors uh and you can see it's getting a little chilly out it's not crazy it's like you know mid 50s right now which whatever it's not it's not minus 10 freedom so that's all right but when it gets cold i don't want to be sitting outside in minus 10 minus 15 freedom that's really uncomfortable to smoke a cigar in. and frankly it's bad for the cigar but we don't have lounges that's just not a that's not a reality of our smoking environment here and there's a lot of states in the u.s that are kind of going that way like washington yeah Um, you see smoking bans in Texas, they're just, the smoking bans are increasing all the time. Um, so really it launched as, first of all, just, we just wanted an environment that people could come and smoke at. Um, and we found that there was a lot of people that wanted to come and enjoy an environment like that. Um, So we just kind of continued to build and build and build. And uh, last year uh, we had Hamlet Paredes from Rocky Patella, which was an amazing event. He did rolling, um, which was really cool. People could uh, win tickets uh, in the VIP passes, got tickets to do their own cigar rolling at the event. And I got to say, there's a lot of guys that actually rolled a somewhat serviceable cigar, which was pretty impressive given that most of them had never even touched a leaf of tobacco Wow. in that format before um so that was fun uh this year is amazing i mean you got nick Malillo from foundation cigar company former drew master blender um i mean first of all he's a super good guy he's got crazy presence in the room and his cigars are good i mean i was talking his ear off about how good that new elway wednesday maduro is oh uh it's just stupid good i mean and it was a go ahead
0: for everybody watching, those are hitting the shelves right now. If you can get your hands on them, buy some. Mm-hmm. They are so good. At least try one. They are, I mean, that, that cigar is just spectacular.
1: And then we have Alan Rubin, the founder of Alec Bradley. Um, I mean, you talk about a guy who grounded out from the, like, back in the 90s. This guy decided to get into the cigar industry and and really, you know, as a gringo— that was a really tough slog for him, and he just kind of – he just grounded out, and and now Alec Bradley is a, is a monstrosity of a cigar company. They're quite large, uh, and he doesn't – I mean, first of all, he's never been to Canada before, and he's just not a guy that really has the time to go out to a lot of cigar events. Usually, it's his, it's his kids, Alec and Bradley, that do a lot of cigar events. So to get Alan Rubin at the event was amazing. Um, we have Steve Ricker there who uh, has Dominion Cigar Company. You got to meet Steve Ricker at the IPCPR yep. – and Great so you show, yeah, a super good guy. He was uh, featuring the Dominion Dominion Confederation cigar, um, which I actually smoked for the first time at the show because I've still got a review sample from the show and I haven't smoked it yet. And uh, it was really, really good. Uh, but it's kind of a victim of its own success because it's it is really good. Most of the most of the stores we've got are actually sold through. So he's got. To I decide mean, they only they, made
0: a couple hundred boxes of those. Yeah. Right.
1: She's so got to decide whether he wants to do a re-up of that or not. Um, I'd imagine, based on the response, he's probably going to have to seek out tobacco and and make that happen again. And then uh, Joe Bonney and Justin Bonney from Alec Bradley Canada, who are uh, uh, Joe's got Joe's got more time in the tobacco industry than some people have years on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's you know he goes back like he was talking about tobacco industry in the '70s. So you know when you wow. get a guy with that kind of tobacco history. Um, that's phenomenal. Um, so it was a huge hit and, you know, really our focus is going to be, um, trying to make it that big of a show next year, because now that we've got four big years under our belt, we're going to try and make a fifth year. Uh, we're going to have to move the dates. I think to the, uh, I think it's the second weekend of October, um, just to accommodate the Dortmund show. Cause what we were running into was there's a lot of people that are in Dortmund for the, um, inner tobacco. Yeah. And so with like Dean Parsons has been on a number of years from Epic Cigar and a huge supporter of the event. And we love Dean and we love his cigars and everyone I means a Canadian. Everyone loves him. Um, but he just couldn't make it because he couldn't make that connection between Dortmund and, and Calgary.
0: Yeah, I know. I know a lot of manufacturers, uh, they head over to Germany early for Dortmund so they can mm-hmm. do a couple of events around Europe and then a lot of them stay a week or two late. So that they can do events. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's kind of like a block between two weeks in either side that uh, it's a bad idea to try to schedule it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it would be awesome to um, now that we moved in October, you know, really our goal is to get like four or five big, big names like we did this year uh, back again for the fifth annual. You know, we were supposed to have uh, Claudio. But uh, Claudio had an amazing number of commitments this year, uh, including the birth went of his, had
0: baby.
1: He went had a, his first son. Congratulations again to Claudio. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I, th- I think it'd be great for us to get Claudio out and uh, showcase some of the Mombacho stuff again, because I think that's a phenomenal cigar, especially at the release of the Cosecha. So, you planning for the twenty eighteen RMS really starts now. So you've got a year to make it happen, and it's, uh, it's a lot of work.
0: So, what kind of venue do you find that lets you that lets like I don't know five hundred people or whatever smoke indoors?
1: So, really, and I guess it's a bit ironic. We actually go to uh, it's on uh, First Nations land, um, so it's it's First Nations okay. land, and they've got a, a hotel and casino. Uh, so it really works out well for us because. Frankly, it's a little bit out of town. It's about 40 minutes out of town, which is not too, too bad for us because we're used to driving long distances anyways. Um, but really, when you get out there and you're, you're sampling spirits and you're smoking all day and you're drinking all day, really probably not a good scene to have somebody leave the venue after that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there's a hotel on the on the land um, is really perfect because you can just go back to your hotel room, start up, and it's a two day event. So if you want to go for two days, and there's a lot of people now that are coming from like two or three provinces away, coming out for the event, so they can come out for two days, smoke, hang out, and chill. And they've been very supportive. Um, you know, it's a great partnership for us. Uh, we found that it's been really, really tough to get any other venue interested. Um, you know, we tried to look for local venue, more local venues to Calgary because there's a number of casinos in Calgary that also have uh, their own First Nations land and they have hotels. Uh, but unfortunately, they're, and and I guess this is really, again, just talking about the climate of how tough it is for cigar smokers out there. They don't want cigar smokers. Not only that, you can't actually smoke cigars in their casino. You can smoke a wow. cigarette, but you can't smoke a cigar.
0: That seems crazy to me. I mean... I don't know. I, I get that a lot of people are just for some reason more offended by cigar smoke than they are cigarette smoke. Um, we have, so we have like our our uh, laws here are uh, cigar bars are grandfathered. If you had smoking before 2010 I think it is. Right. Something weird just happened with your camera. I'm not sure what it is. Um, Boy, I'm okay. If you had cigar smoking before the ban started, you can keep it. Um, but recently, we have a chain of uh, of bars that had a bunch of different bars that allowed cigar smoking. And Recently, they've uh, banned cigar smoking at three of those. Wow, which is unfortunate.
1: I mean, that's I mean, I hate hate to be the voice of doom, but that's that's kind of what's happening. Is that mm-hmm. um, smoke free, smoke friendly uh, venues are are disappearing. And, you know, whether you're attending an event in the States or whether you're attending an event in Canada, I think it's really important to support your local B&M, for, for starters, because I can tell you putting on an event is a lot of work. Um, and there's a lot of uh, time, there's a lot of money involved. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, people think, thinking, well, yeah, it's fine, but you sell a bunch of boxes. Well, I mean, yeah, you sell some product, but in a lot of cases, um, some of these events are loss leaders for the store. I mean, they don't necessarily come out ahead. Cause you got to figure in people coming into the event, you got to pay for, uh, for some of the promotion stuff that, that happens. Um, so if there's an event going on in your local area, I, I highly recommend you to support it, go by, uh, as much as you can attend those events and support them. Um, because, you know, I could see in five or six years that it, you know, the cigar events that we've kind of maybe taken for granted might be, uh, very tough to come by.
0: Yeah. Um, I actually went to, there's one place sort of local to me. I won't say the name because I don't want to throw them under the bus, but there's one place that I've been to that uh, smoking is not allowed there, but they have a private room that if you're a member, you can get into that private room and smoke. Interesting. Which is which is uh, a weird loophole in the law because, like, no inspectors are allowed to go into private mm. areas or anything like that because it's members only.
1: Right yeah i mean we've talked about um you know we've gone back and forth over the years trying to figure out a way to make it happen uh we're not going to stop trying but um you know for quite frankly it's it's extremely difficult because you really can't make a venue open to the public uh that is that is a business that you can smoke it because the moment you make it open to the to the public it now falls under the uh the business rules that smoking's not allowed so yeah
0: yeah it's a It's a sad state of affairs. for It is
1: a sad state of affairs. So really my overreaching message there is if there's a cigar event in your area or even a little bit outside your area, support it as much as possible. Support your local B&Ms. It's a crap ton of work to put on those events. And uh, it's really, you know, for the greater cigar industry to keep those events alive. Because, you know, if you don't support it this year in two years, maybe it's not going to be around when you when you finally get around to attending.
0: Yeah. Um, How's your your secret pairing going there?
1: It's really good. I'm not going to lie. This is, um, this is like a high nineties, um, high nineties pairing, no question in my mind. Um, I, and I think again, really Japanese whiskey in the out bay, absolutely a no brainer. Uh, you know, I think, I think we talked about some of the different rums I might want to try and branch out. I've got, I've got a pretty full bottle of maestro here that I might light up another out this weekend and, uh, try that out. It is, it is a long weekend for us. So. Who knows?
0: Yeah, you might have a little bit of time on your hands. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice.
1: That'd be nice. So, what do you got going on for tomorrow night for cigar chat, Trippy? Uh,
0: we actually don't have a guest for tomorrow night. We're gonna we're taking a bye week this week. Um, let me check the schedule. I know we've got somebody scheduled for next week, and then the following week our guest fell through and moved to a different week. Uh, oh, so next week we've got Juan Martinez. I love Juan. Yes. Uh, super one of, nice guy. One of my favorite people in the industry.
1: With the uh, de Nicaragua, who uh, actually, so um, the Hoy de Nicaragua uh, Black is now launching in Canada, which you know oh, I know that seems super long because it's been out in the states for a year, um, but it's now launching for the first time in Canada. So, you know, some of the stores are asking me, "How's that cigar?" And I'm like, "You gotta, you gotta bring that cigar in because it's just yeah, it's so phenomenal. good." Phenomenal cigar.
0: Uh, and then the following week, uh, well, the following week, we actually have to find a guest. But the week after that, I'm really excited about it. We have Jeremy Jack cigars coming on. Nice. Uh, they're a pretty new brand uh, out of Wyoming, I believe. Uh, kind of started by a shop owner. And I've, I've smoked a couple of their cigars so far. We've got some reviews coming up. Um, man, they're making phenomenal cigars to tobacco cast fernandez
1: that was now that's the cigar that the uh guys over at developing pallets couldn't stop talking about for like four days straight right
0: yeah the entire ipcpr they were talking about how good those cigars are and how excited they are um, so i'm really excited to have have uh brady on who owns the company and uh you know just find out what they're all about
1: nice that'll be good i'll be tuning into that show as a guest and i'll be sure to ask some challenging questions and comments uh to do my part in supporting uh cigar federation and the uh, hard work of the mods at cigar federation
0: awesome um i think that about brings us to the end any any closing comments for Mm. you Surgeon, uh,
1: you know I love the Cigar Federation community. I'm still going to be hanging out in the chat room, cracking wise, talking cigars, talking spirits, posting cigar pictures. Um, so you know, even though I'm not uh, active on the mod crew anymore, I'll still be a part of the community. I'll still be rocking that uh, Cigar Federation ring, <laughs> and uh, you know, spreading the love. Um, you know, smoke to live, live to smoke, is the uh, is the motto at Cigar Federation. So uh, live it. All right,
0: thanks everybody for watching and listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and, I mean, if you have not had an Atabay cigar, please try one. It's They cost a couple ducats. Um, but I'm, I'm just I, – I can't say enough about how impressed I am with these cigars. They're so much better than I could have expected them to be.
1: Yeah, they're absurdly tasty. Absolutely absurdly tasty. I mean, they're maybe not as well known as the name of Padron. But uh, I can tell you after smoking this Mysticos, uh, if you like Padron and you want a cigar that's not uh, that level of strength but it is that level of complexity, you need to get your hands on an Atabate, absolutely.
0: All right, and we'll, we'll be back next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.